At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Good afternoon, Zinger Nation. My name is Logan, and this is Moon or Bust, your home for all things crypto at Benzinga. I am joined today by Ryan McNamara. Ryan, how are you? I'm doing all right. Logan, I already know how you're doing. I think we can skip the how are you's today. <laughs> but it's a good Friday. You know, nice weather outside, summer in Detroit, definitely a vibe. No complaints here. We've got a great show planned for you today. We're going to be talking about the Optimism airdrop. Layer 2's on Ethereum. Is this the next big wave for cryptos whenever that wave comes? And we have an interview with one of our good friends who was actually the first project manager ever at YouTube. Okay, this guy is an OG industry veteran. Now he's created this project called Origin. We've had him on a few times before. We got Matt Lou coming back on today. Make sure you stay tuned. Uh, and yeah, don't forget, hit the like button so more people just like us can see this content. But without further ado, I'm going to roll the intro. Let's get right into it. All righty, Ryan, I've got this chart up here for you. Let's see if that works. It doesn't work. All right, none of the cameras work. So. So, oh, it worked. All righty. All right, Ryan, here we have the Bitcoin chart. Uh, you want to break this down for us? If you want any different types of candles, let me know. Um, Let's and check we'll out the take daily a look candles at the markets. Because I think we've been traveling pretty flat over the past couple of weeks. It seems like we've kind of held support at $30,000. Now, I know we've gone below 30K so far, but I still think it's kind of holding a support. We're going kind of flat. Have we had closes below? I feel like we probably have, maybe not on the weekly time frame, but definitely on the daily time frame. Well, these lines are definitely useless now. Yep. Uh, maybe we could add another horizontal one at the point you're talking about, which looks like it's right about here, $29,000. Uh, I'd like to hold that, but if we don't, yeah. where are we going? Your guess is as good as mine, but we did hold this over the summer, so I am optimistic that we will hold this line again as support, uh, but I guess we'll have to wait and see. Logan, I don't know how good you are at using TradingView, but if you can try and pull up a 100-day moving average or a 200-day moving average, those are good lines for support, especially in a bear market. I've seen them hold in the past. I think 200-day moving average is probably the worst-case scenario, but let's get those lines up on the chart. Make sure I'm talking about the right technical indicators here because I am not a day trader. I don't think this one would be okay, it. Is that? Oh, it's week moving averages, not day. 200 week. What did you pull up here? This is supposedly the 200 day moving average, but who really knows for sure? Okay. Um, I'm not a trading view expert, so let's just move on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's do it. Maybe, maybe check out ETH. I mean, ETH is probably moving exactly the same as Bitcoin. They're very highly correlated. Uh, all the markets typically follow Bitcoin, right? So, I mean... We can look at it. It's probably not going to tell us too much more than looking at the Bitcoin chart. Yeah. So, Logan, I have, the a, same. I have a question for you. All right, hit me. All right, this bear market lasts two more years, allegedly. I allege that. Are you going to be holding only Ethereum or only Bitcoin? Uh... Only Board Ape Yacht Club NFTs. Because <laughs> you're stuck? <laughs> uh, maybe because I'm stuck, but maybe because... Um, yeah, I mean, that's the question, right? Is like, I definitely want to use my Ape for Ape Fest. And then after that, maybe I'll consider 
reallocating somewhere. I'd probably go for Bitcoin and ETH primarily, um, but I would feel fine holding Bitcoin in cold storage. I'd feel more or less fine holding ETH in cold storage. Beyond that, um, probably going to just stick to fundamentals. Do you think a lot of ape holders feel the same way as you? Do you think that there might be a sell-off after ApeFest? Definitely. Yeah, definitely. I guess we'll have to wait and see. I could see that happening. I mean, ApeFest, I bet that's going to be like a $10,000 ticket event if you're not an NFT holder. And that is if they actually charge outsiders to come in. Uh, but I'd say it's probably between ten dollars to $20,000 in value. So I'm sure a lot of people will be holding until ApeFest. I'm really interested in seeing where the prices go after the event. Uh, if I had a guess, I'd guess five dollars to $10,000 down after ApeFest. Which Five to ten thousand dollars in three down? weeks for the those of you. Oh who boy, don't know. we'll see. Oh so boy. what are we at right now? Like forty thousand per mutant, probably one hundred eighty to two hundred for a board ape. If everyone gets access to the events, I'd say probably ten percent drop, fifteen percent drop after the event. It has to be priced in, right? I mean, people know the events happening, and the events going to provide value to holders. Yep, I tend to think so. How are the goblins doing? <laughs> Six. What everybody is asking, are goblins going to 10 ETH? <laughs> uh, it's Max Payne. I'm not getting one. There's no way I'm laying my hands on these at this price. I mean, I saw them at point 0.1. I saw them at point 0.2. Got tempted at point 0.3. At 6, it's overextended. I am not playing with fire. We've seen this happen time and time again with all these hyped NFT collections. Uh, but with that being said, I, I kind of like the goblins. They're, they're, they have their own vibe. They have a unique vibe, not one which I will be investing in, but it's not <laughs> its not a copy. It's not an ape derivative. It's not one out of a million other NFT collections, which I like. I think they have unique marketing. They have a big fan base. And they did a free mint, which I think is cool. It makes them look not as greedy as other NFT collections. So we'll see if this thing sticks around. Not something I'll be investing in. I think it's a little bit too high risk at this point, especially in a bear market. Yeah, I'm staying away from goblins as well. Uh, I saw a funny tweet yesterday. It was like, imagine if if Yuga Labs announced that they made the goblins and all of a sudden the art just got way better. <laughs> um, okay, so let's take a look at the other deeds. It's been a while since we've looked at these and I want to see if there are any codas. Any coda? Coda with a yes. What's the floor on these joints this day? Uh, 13. Really? Let's see. Is by now on. Hold on. I have my doubts, Logan. 18 for okay. Coda Floor. Uh, we got some comments out there in the chat. Brock and Lord Byron, hope you guys are doing well. Shout out to y'all and make sure you guys drop a comment if you're watching live today. And also hit that like button. Ryan, what do you think about this? Brock tried to tell us apparently that Cardano is much better than Solana because Solana goes down, uh, but Cardano is useless. So it doesn't have a reason to go down. <laughs> Sorry, Brock. That's not personal. Um, you know, these two coins are both alternative layer ones. And as I mentioned at the top of the stream, it might be layer two season, Ryan. Uh, what, what's your take here? I think it is layer two season. We saw Optimism airdrop their token to users just a few days ago. And Arbitrum's going to be doing an NFT airdrop in a couple weeks called Arbitrum Odyssey. I've mentioned it time and time again on the show. We'll be going through it with you guys as soon as it goes live. So stay tuned for that. It's in a couple weeks. If you missed out on optimism don't miss out on arbitrum but i think layer two summer is actually here it's june the sun is out the layer twos are airdropping tokens to users <laughs> i think layer two summer is here this paired with solana going down the other day with cardano not really releasing any good applications i think people are going to realize ethereum is the place to be and if you don't want to put up with gas fees well then use optimism use arbitrum use polygon use these layer twos that are already be being built on ethereum where you can use ethereum's applications without paying these high gas fees and now users have a great incentive to come on and explore the ecosystem because these airdrops are going on I mean, just a couple days ago, I got about $5,000 from Optimism just for putting on less than one ETH onto the network over the summer. I had no idea this was going to come out. I haven't used Optimism in months, but now I'm starting to explore it again after this airdrop, have some more funds on Optimism. So yeah, Logan, uh, in short, I am bullish on Layer 2s. I think they're going to be alternative Layer 1s, and I don't necessarily know if there's even a place for alternative Layer 1s in this ecosystem. Maybe there is. That's a hot take, Ooh. but maybe there isn't. Whoa, very hot take here. 
I'll say this. I'll say this. I think there is a place for alt layer ones, but I'm not sure if there's a place for public alt layer ones, right? So maybe businesses will use um, yeah, that's a smart contract blockchain. But as far as the public goes, as far as the masses, as far as the most value goes, I think it's going to be on Ethereum. Yeah, you make a good point there. I mean, we are, we see these big institutions already running their own private implementations of Ethereum. Uh, they'll either you know move to the public one for public applications, keep their private ones on the private blockchain. But yeah, I think that as far as public alternative settlement layers, Ethereum's looking pretty good. Looking pretty good right now. Uh, so this OP token, is it OP? What does it do? And why is Rohan <laughs> under the desk right now? You can show face if you want, Rohan. All right, I was just setting this up. That didn't work, so let's see. Hey, it worked. Sick. Hey. Yeah, so just wanted to set this up for you guys since that was yeah, down. Rohan wore a fire outfit today, so he just had it. There's actually nothing wrong. <laughs> I like right. the fit, Rohan. Um, so all optimism. Right. Optimism. Is it OP? OP? token. Uh, I guess we'll see. It's a governance token, and governance tokens do not have the best track record, mostly because the DeFi market is in a bear market. Most of those tokens are governance tokens, and they've been going down quite a lot. But Optimism is doing this in a really cool way. It's not just token voting, which is something Vitalik Buterin, the founder of Ethereum, really hates is token voting because it gates access to governance to the people with the most money. So Andreessen Horowitz comes in, buys a billion dollars of Uniswap, all of a sudden they have a huge say in the protocol's governance. It becomes pretty centralized. So instead, what Optimism did is they made two houses. They learned from the government, <laughs> two houses, checks and balances, and they have the token house and the citizen's house. So the citizen's house is for users of the protocol, while the token house is the token voting, and that's what OP is used for. So really interesting. We'll see how this plays out. Uh, but I think it's done pretty well. It opened up at $4.50. And uh, to be fair, when tokens like this open up after an airdrop, it's kind of like a guesstimate value. It's not like they have investment bankers going in saying, this is the price, this is the market cap, this is what we're opening at. It's more so that the markets get to decide the value of these currencies after their airdrop. So it opened up at $4.50. But I wouldn't really take that as the opening price. I would look at, you know, once it starts to balance out around $1.50, maybe two dollars what was what was it at maybe a few hours after around there logan uh just under two bucks dollar okay. 92 so yeah i'd say it really opened around a dollar 80 dollar 90 uh and you'll see articles that say that optimism came out and it was a failure because it crashed 80 percent uh but no one was really trading it at four dollars and fifty cents people have been yeah. trading Look it at the volume yeah right? over the past day there's been over 500 million dollars in volume on optimism's token uh so huge volume right there and most of it's been trading between a dollar fifty dollar twenty uh and about a dollar sixty so not down too bad and we've stayed relatively flat over the past couple of days of trading. So far, I'd consider this a success. Uh, but that being said, I mean, it's been only a couple of days, so only time will tell. Indeed, it is a little bit too early to tell, but it seems like all the airdrops that have come out so far, uh, you know, you'd be best off to sell them as soon as you can. You do agree, Ryan? I know you're doing some research on airdrops. Yeah, I mean, maybe not as soon as you can. There's definitely hype in it. Depends on the utility of the token. We saw ApeCoin trade for around $15 when it came out, dipped down to 7 And then after it added more utility, it went up to, I think it was $27. So that's huge gains from the airdrop right there. Uh, if you were to sell... But it's really hard to tell. With Optimism, I'm going to be holding. I think it's a good project. We'll see where it goes. Uh, but I have no plans on selling... We are in a, a cryptocurrency bear market right now, so I think the valuation of OP could be a lot more in the future, especially as the protocol starts to draw more users to the network. So I'll, I will be holding over the long term, probably until the next bull market, uh, but we'll have to see where OP goes. So here's a question for you, Ryan. If you could sell your mutant ape right now for 19 ETH, and then you take that 19 ETH and you see this code of land right here, the cheapest one, it's this Coda has 0.09% clothing attribute on it. Clearly one of the rarest Codas, okay? It's not a mega Coda, though. It's not a mega Coda, but it looks rare, right? That counts. And we know that that's all that matters. It has this resource right here on the land as well. 
Uh, and, you know, it's got this cool looking thing underneath it, too. So what are you going to do? Are you going to buy this with your mutant no. ETH? No, I wouldn't do it, and I'll tell you why. I have three pieces of other side land already, so I'm already exposed to the other side. I do not need any more exposure, um, and I like being part of the Board Ape Yacht Club. You don't get access with a coda to the Board Ape Yacht Club, so you can't go to Ape Fest, you can't go to their exclusive events. And a lot of the perks you get from holding Yuga Labs NFTs come from Board Apes and Mutant Apes, not so much from CryptoPunks or MeBits or other side land. I really do think this game will succeed, and that's why I'm holding three NFTs of the other side land uh, but unfortunately I didn't get a coda when these released so I don't think I will ever have a coda unless we see a really tough bear market where I can <laughs> afford to pick one up with some fiat yeah likewise for me Ryan uh, I'm going to turn it back to the comments more bullish on Dot than Ada I would agree Yeah. would you? I'd agree I think Dot has a more unique use case than Ada I think Ada could not outcompete other layer twos and maybe even some other alt layer ones with better security. Now, polka dot's a layer zero, so it operates a little bit differently than your typical layer one uh, because it's able to connect many blockchains together in a much more secure way than just bridging crypto between two layer one networks. So let's talk about polka dot a little bit more for a second. Uh, like you said, Ryan, this is layer zero, right? So it's it's meant to connect a bunch of blockchains. Think about it as like the spoke in a bicycle wheel, right? Uh, where these, you know, the, the blockchains coming off of it are application specific and interoperable with all the other ones around this, you know, Polkadot.hub. Uh, we talked to Dan, Dan Reeser from the Akala Network, who is building one of the biggest DeFi platforms and stablecoin platforms in the Polkadot ecosystem, Ryan. Um, we talked to him about permissionless. What did you think? Uh, did you learn anything new about Polkadot, about the ecosystem? Uh, what were your big takeaways? Yeah, we'll have to share that interview. It was really cool. But AUSD is pretty interesting. It's not like UST, and that was kind of the focus of the article, how AUSD is different from UST. Uh, and it's different because it's not an algorithmic stablecoin. So there's two main types of stablecoins, algorithmic stablecoins and collateralized stablecoins. So your collateralized stablecoins are your USDT, your USDC, your AUSD. And these stablecoins are backed one-to-one -one with real assets. Uh, and a lot of times they'll be over so in the case of AUSD, I think it was 1.6 times. So you'd have to put up you know, one Bitcoin and you could get back maybe around 0.4 Bitcoin worth of AUSD. So even if Bitcoin goes down, it'll still be worth more than the stable coins that you took out of the protocol. And if it goes down to a certain point, then you would get liquidated. You would uh, have to pay back your AUSD or it would liquidate your Bitcoin to buy back that AUSD. So there's no way that a death spiral could happen like it did with UST which is an algorithmic stablecoin, and algorithmic stablecoins operate a little bit differently. And actually, I'm pretty sure OUSD is an algorithmic stablecoin that has collateral. So we'll get more color on that when we interview Matt Liu in about 10 to 15 minutes here. Uh, but the way UST worked, which is very different than OUSD and very different than AUSD, is that... How, do, how does it work? How does Terra work? Do you want to break it down? I think you could probably do it a little bit better than that. I can give it a shot. Okay. So... Terra has this treasury, right? And they issue stablecoins based on the amount of Terra in this treasury. You can burn Terra to get the stablecoins, and you can burn the stablecoins to get the Terra out of the treasury. This works great when people are buying it, and it goes up really quickly. And then when people start selling it, it the opposite happens, right? So people are uh, you know, burning a bunch of UST because its price is falling, and they want to get a dollar of Terra out then that means there's a whole bunch of new Terra in circulation, like 10 times more than they started with. So that obviously makes the price way, way, way lower. That's what happened there. That was, you know, uh, an interesting mechanic that is maybe viable according to some, but according to others, not viable ever, right? That is where these centralized stablecoins come in. And we have seen signaling from the U.S. Federal Reserve that these stablecoins, uh, you know, given that they're regulated properly and that they're safe enough, could be, you know, coexist with a U.S. central bank digital currency, right? So more stable coins, more treasuries, more debt to issue. Seems like a good thing from their perspective as long as they can keep control on it. Uh, on the other hand, what about DAI? 
So DAI is a collateralized stablecoin. I think this is another algorithmically collateralized stablecoin. So yep. it's a little bit of both. Uh, a lot of people like DAI because it's decentralized. So with USDT and USDC, there's these companies behind them that have to back the asset. And you either have to believe that they're backing it or they have to get audits from a third party. Uh, with DAI, though, it all operates on Ethereum. You can post collateral in Bitcoin or Ethereum and then take out DAI, your stablecoin, uh, and then go from there, essentially. it's uh, I, I use DAI. I like die um what, what about you logan what's your favorite stable coin I, i'd say die die threads the needle between uh you know having a governance token that you know people can help out with the algorithm help out with the backing uh but it's also not you know centralized whereas you have to trust these audits and these uh third parties to realize that their you know treasury is actually where they say it is right that's a big risk with some of these other uh, you know, centralized stable coins, Tether specifically. Um, but yeah, I think the maker has survived the test of time at this point. One of the first DeFi applications, one of the first, I think probably the first uh, algorithmic stable coin, if not stable mm-hmm. coin, built on Ethereum. OG protocol has survived the test of time. Yeah. And, and on that on that topic too, maker Dai was or Dai was around during the last bear market when Ethereum went from about $150, which was super low at the time. It was all the way up to $1,400. Back in early 2018, uh, COVID rolls through and Ethereum goes down to $80 from $150. It was already super low at $150. People thought this was the bottom and it crashes almost another 50%. MakerDAO was able to survive that which gives me a lot of confidence. I, I think that they can survive a really, really tough crypto winter because they've already proven they could do it you know, a few years back, whereas a lot of mm-hmm. these other experimental stable coins, they just popped up during a bull market. We don't really know how they're going to operate when prices drop lower and lower and lower, and only time will tell. I think that's a pretty big risk that people aren't really put onto. Ryan, let's talk about the conditions uh, you know, surrounding the crypto companies, surrounding hiring Surrounding maybe even a little bit more, you know, macroeconomic picture, we saw Elon, uh, you know, do a hiring freeze, maybe cutting some of the workforce as well. Coinbase did a hiring freeze. Uh, A few of our friends were personally really affected by this, you know, last stages of interviews uh, basically had offers. And there were even some people that had offers from Coinbase. They got them taken away. Um, What does this, you know, signal to you, Ryan? It's hard to tell. I mean, I think they're preparing for a crypto winter, which is understandable. Their stock is down, what, maybe 70 80% Coinbase in particular. I know Netflix is down probably 70%. I don't really watch the traditional markets, but they have to prepare somehow. They lost a ton of funding. They lost their... You know, they lost half of their funding as far as options go, right? They, they lost all of this money. They have to make cuts somewhere. They can't really be building right now. Uh, and that it's kind of the most important time to build, right? So we'll see which companies survive. I think Coinbase will be surviving. They've been around forever. They've built mm-hmm. out a ton of different products. They have a lot of different revenue streams. So I'm not scared for Coinbase, but some of these smaller exchanges, they might have a hard time surviving through a bear market. We'll have to wait and see. Yeah, man, I agree with you there. And speaking of building, what do you make of this? Oh my God, it's an ape building. It's an ape building, man. <laughs> no sleep till ape fest. All right, let me make a big... Big full screen for us here. No sleep till eight fest. This is uh, it's going to be the highlight of crypto winter. <laughs> um, most definitely. All right. Uh, let's so, see. Let's see. Logan, I already claimed my optimism tokens. Are you going to do it on the live stream, or are we going to have to wait to see you claim your OP tokens and mess around on optimism? I think that we're going to wait and do that next week. We got just a couple minutes until Matt jumps on, uh, and that will be way more interesting than me, you know, trying to fumble through this airdrop claim. But that will be useful to to know uh, in case anybody out there has to claim it as well. We can maybe walk through that at some point. Uh, but that being said, let's do a little bit of background on Origin Protocol, on Matt. Maybe the, you know, what have we talked about the last few times that that Matt has been on? 
So I believe the last time Matt came on, we talked about Origin Story. We got a sneak preview of Origin Story. It's an NFT marketplace on their application, and Origin's built on Ethereum. They're all about bringing the masses to the blockchain, trying to make the user experience super simple, get people onboarded super easily. So they have an NFT platform called Story. They also have Origin, which is a DeFi platform, and they host OUSD. So those are their two main products. But they're going to be releasing a new token called OGV. We'll be talking about that during this interview. So definitely stay tuned because guess what, guys? OGV is being airdropped. You know what that means. Oh, boy. Money, 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 money. <laughs> Air horn. Do, do, do. Okay. Um, before we get started on this, Ryan, uh, we talked about stablecoins. We talked about Origin, what they're doing in the NFT space. Uh, we talked about a little bit of Board Ape Yacht Club. All this stuff is going to come back in the conversation with Matt. Matt is a Board Ape Yacht Club member himself, and we'll see if he's going to Ape Fest. We'll see what he thinks about the hiring freezes going on. Uh, and if you guys have any other questions for this industry veteran founder, please drop them in the comments below right now. And also hit the like button so more people can see this interview and, and learn from Matt's incredible wisdom. Um, but yeah. That is the prep for it, Ryan. I think that uh, just a few minutes here, we'll be kicking it off. But I want to toss it out to the chat again. Uh, I want to see how you guys are feeling about the markets, about Bitcoin in particular. Uh, you guys buying right now, drop a one. If you guys are selling right now, drop a zero. And if you're hodling, just say that you're hodling. Okay. And I want to know about Shiba Inu, guys. So oh if you guys think Shiba Inu is going to one cent, Drop a one. If you think Shiba Inu is going to one dollar, drop a two. If you think Shiba Inu is not going down anymore, drop a three. I'm gonna put a two. Shiba's going to one dollar. <laughs> Just kidding, guys. It's not happening. Um, all right. I have another good question out here from Lord Byron. We talked about dot. What about Adam? Dot versus Atom. This is the big question. Atom is the Cosmos blockchain. It's another layer zero blockchain hub. Uh, it's very similar to Polkadot Network, right? This, uh, this blockchain hub, Cosmos, was the one that facilitated the Terra blockchain. Uh, it was built with their IBKR blockchain standard. Um, and I don't, I mean, that doesn't have anything, you know, there's no kickbacks on Atom based on, based on Terra. Uh, I think that Terra was a great example of how big Adam could really get. Uh, but the question here remains is Dot versus Adam. Which of these blockchain interoperability protocols do we think is going to survive the long haul, the crypto winter? Logan, I can't really comment on this one. I don't know the architecture differences between Dot and Atom, uh, but I will say Dot seems like it's newer. There's only about five live parachains right now. They're auctioning off more, uh, but it seems like Dot might have a more involved infrastructure, more more involved fundamentals, I guess. Uh, maybe Atom's a little bit more rudimentary, I guess. I don't know. I'm kind of talking out of my ass here. Uh, but Cosmos definitely has more a more developed ecosystem, at least from what I've seen. You mentioned Terra Luna. That's gone. Too bad, so sad. <laughs> uh, but what else? What else is there on Cosmos? There's Tron. Is it Bi part of Binance Smart Chain? Is right Binance now? Smart Chain is, yeah, actually. Binance Smart, Binance Smart Chain, I think the Kronos chain from Crypto.com is also based on uh, the Starport standard. So um, I don't know. I'm bullish on both ecosystems. I think the main difference that... Uh, exists between the two is that Polkadot is much more limited as far as slots they have for blockchains to plug into, right? There are only, you know, 50 parachains and 50 of the uh, other types of chains. I can't remember, but the difference is, uh, you know, the parachains are locked for a large period of time. The other ones are, you know, just given to the highest bidder on any given day, basically, right? Uh, so that, you know, obviously creates a market around having the best DeFi applications available and the worst DeFi applications, the rug pulls, hopefully will not be able to afford to even plug into this network, right? That's with Polkadot. On the other hand, Cosmos, the Atom network, uh, is meant to have as many chains plugged into it as possible, right? I think they already have like a thousand or more, uh, you know, different teams working on application specific blockchains. Um, they've integrated a lot of other blockchains. Byron's out here with some more alpha on the Cosmos ecosystem. Juna, Kava, and SCRT, uh, Osmosis, Dex, 
These are the uh, protocols surrounding the Atom Cosmos network. Uh, we've actually had the CEO of Tendermint, the team developing the Atom blockchain, on before. Uh, Peng Zong, he was a, a great guest and a great interview. You should definitely go look up Moon or Bust Cosmos interview. If you want to learn more about Cosmos, I think we definitely talked about Polkadot and the differences in that interview as well. Um, so go check that out if you're looking to learn more about these interoperability protocols. But Ryan, I want to toss it over to you with a question. Interoperability season versus layer two season. Are these going to be grouped together? Are they going to have different times? Do people even understand the differences? What do you think? Yeah, I think these would probably happen at different times because developers are developing different applications at different times on these uh, different blockchains. So I think we'll see layer twos first. Maybe we'll see interoperability later. And as layer twos get built out, maybe we'll see some interoperability between you know Polkadot and these layer twos. But it's pretty hard to say at this point in time. Um, what do you think, Logan? I don't have much to comment on this one. I think these might get grouped together a little bit. Um... But we're not really seeing layer twos get grouped together with alt layer ones, right? We already saw the hype right. pass with alt layer ones last mm -hmm. year, towards the end of the year with Solana, Terra Luna, uh, Cardano. So I think it's layer twos time, potentially. All right. I like that thesis. Um, I wouldn't be su too surprised if Polkadot and Cosmos kind of got bunched in with like the scaling summer, if you want to call it that. Um, but I guess the same argument could be made for the alt layer ones that were more scalable. Uh, but scaling doesn't matter unless you have a secure base layer. So, um, you know, we'll see what happens if these these layer zero blockchains like Cosmos and Polkadot turn out to be secure base layers uh, and really great for scaling high value decentralized finance applications. I think that will be, uh, you know, the difference maker at the end of the day. If Optimism, Arbitrum and Polygon can facilitate you know, full security through upcoming zero-knowledge proof rollups, then we could have a fully scaled Ethereum thanks to Layer 2 networks. Uh, that's what I'm hoping for. That's what everybody's been hoping for for years. And only time will tell. Yeah, I think that there's maybe a lack of understanding for Polkadot in Cosmos. And I think that stems from not too many applications being live on those, at least being interoperable, because Cosmos does have a lot of applications already on it. Polkadot has some. But from what I've seen now, I haven't really used the networks much, but they're not super interoperable. I think that there'll be a better understanding of the value of Polkadot and the value of Cosmos once people actually start using those networks and using different applications on Polkadot and transferring their funds between different blockchains through the layer zero, and then it'll click for people then. They'll say, oh, this is, this is it. This is a lot easier. This is a lot cheaper. And at the end of the day, it should be more secure because it's a layer zero and all these blockchains are connected through that one point. Yeah. Only time will tell. We'll see. Uh, this is, you know, a lot of a lot of the reason that I've been feeling much more of a Bitcoin fan lately. Uh, that shit just doesn't change, right? Very predictable, uh, very reliable investment. There, you know exactly what's going to be happening with the supply forever, right? Demand, on the other hand, you know, comes and it goes, but that's just part of the process. Uh, demand for Bitcoin, I think, will be there for a few more years at least. Uh, and I'm being a little bit facetious there. Um, I'm a pretty big Bitcoin believer long term. Uh, while we're waiting for Matt to join us for this interview, I want to toss it out to the chat. Uh, what projects are you guys looking at? Um, what projects would you like us to look at if there's anything else you want us to cover on today's episode? To get that subscribe from you, please drop a comment right under that like button. You see how many call-outs I just did in that one sentence? So many. Got the subscribe, the comment, looking. and the like, bro. I've been watching YouTube since I was like four. I'm an expert, certified expert. <laughs> um, all right, but if Matt doesn't join, we're going to have to figure out something else to do with our time. We could watch tennis. We, we could. could play basketball. Uh, we could... Play the piano. We could play the piano. <laughs> uh... We could check out some applications on Optimism. We have that linked in the planning doc. Just check out what's already live, how we can use Optimism to our benefit, and how we can get around paying some gas fees. Because I am very, 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 very low on ETH these days. <laughs> so I can't afford these gas fees anymore. All right. 
Well, you make a good point. I will hop on over to the optimism page and, uh-oh, I'm not eligible for this airdrop, but wait, but wait, what if I am? Boom! Congratulations. If you guys want to know how I did that, you're going to have to follow me on Twitter because I'm not going to tell you. Bro, I swear um, to God, what DAO did you vote on on optimism? There's no way. Are you salty? There's no way. You, are you, you salty? didn't vote in any DAO on optimism. What are you talking That's about? Cap. Active participant in governance on L1. Okay, yeah. Oh, on L1. On L1. That's interesting. That's yeah. cool. I mean, I guess nobody does any type of governance on L2. Very few people do it on L1. So I wonder what that was for. What what proposals have you voted on, if you remember? Uh, handful of them. I think maybe a Uniswap one, maybe a London one, um, maybe an MDAO one back in the day. Who knows? <laughs> Uh, interesting trying to figure out which one exactly it might be that was on chain on L1 uh, and I can't think of it right now but regardless I got the token so I must have done it that's really smart of optimism though right they see that you voted with your governance tokens before and it's completely unrelated to optimism you voted on a Uniswap or a, a London you know you voted on all these different things unrelated to optimism but the fact of the matter is you've been voting on these different governance proposals they've seen that so they're going to give you more tokens because they know you're much more likely to actually use these tokens to vote on proposals so might as well give it to you instead of me who doesn't vote on governance proposals I'll just be holding them or maybe I'll sell them off right yep and I'm taking this quiz now Ryan and I'm trying to remember the things you were explaining to me earlier uh governance will be all of the above boom <laughs> test taking skills i didn't even read it uh that's why i got a four on my act um and it looks like okay now i get to choose my delegates um so i thought your this dynamic was pretty interesting too because we saw with the ens airdrop the way it worked is you could delegate your token so you didn't actually have to vote on all the different governance proposals you could delegate them to a different user but the way it showed them to you is the most popular users first so coinbase and some twitter influencers basically got the majority of the ENS tokens delegated to them. Uh, whereas Optimism does it in a little bit different way, which I think is pretty interesting. They ask you to pick out your interests, whether that's DAOs, DeFi, NFTs, or a bunch of different things. And then it recommends people to delegate your tokens to. So hopefully that will be more decentralized than just giving your tokens to one of the most popular delegates. Can I not vote myself? Do I have to delegate all of them? It seems like you do, but there has to be a way for yourself to become a delegate and then to delegate your tokens to yourself. Mm. I delegated mine to UPenn's Blockchain Club. <laughs> nice. I saw that the blockchain at Berkeley is also a delegate, so support your blockchain clubs out there. Those are two solid options. Uh, but Blockchain at Berkeley, they already have like 25,000 followers on Twitter, and they're popular, so I thought I might as well support UPenn's Blockchain Club. They have to be just as smart, right? All right, I'm going to pick Linda as my delegate because uh, she just came up first. She's got the profile picture. She's doxxed. Seems like, uh, you know, a good way to move on with this process. <laughs> uh, okay, we're going to switch over to the Optimism Network. Claim the airdrop. Step one. Hopefully I have some funds on Optimism Network. I can, I can sauce you a little ETH on Optimism if you need. Looks like I have a little bit. You'll probably need like two or three dollars. I have 0 0.01 ETH, so I'm chilling. You're rich. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I try my best. Brian, great question from the chat here. Who the heck hired these two? <laughs> <laughs> I actually just walked in here one day, got in front of the camera. No one has said anything <laughs> since. It's been a year and a half. They still don't pay me, but I'm here doing this show with all of you guys. So to answer your question, nobody hired us. Yep, we just walked in. That's how it works here at Benzinga. Uh, Spencer told you at the end of the last show, if you guys want to work at Benzinga, you just, just hit us up, just walk in the office, jump on a show, and that's how you get a show here at Benzinga. Uh, just walk in front of the camera and start talking. And as long as you don't stop, you, you got a show. <laughs> All right, I'm claiming, I claim my tokens. Uh, now I am delegating my votes. Um, but if I sell these tokens, if I sell these tokens, you'll never be forgiven. By who? 
by me. <laughs> Why would you be mad? Because I'm an optimism user and I want your input on the future of the protocol. Oh, well, I appreciate your um, you know, thoughts here, but I'm probably just going to trade these away real quick. <laughs> Enter app. Let's see, we got it on optimism. Don't and... use sushi. Sushi's so boring. What? There's a million different apps you can use on optimism. Dude, stay Probably mad. Probably some without any tokens. Stay mad, bro. Okay, I mean, use Sushi. <laughs> You're not going to get an airdrop. They already have a token. You could just swap your tokens on some protocol without a token airdrop yet, and then, you know, two months down the line, get a few grand. Okay, but, which one should I use? Uh, okay, so if you go to our Moonerbus document, and you look at the, the link I put that says mess around on optimism, Okay. we'll see all the different optimism applications that we can mess around with. Hey, thanks, man. Yeah. So Lira, what about Lira? It's an AMM. All right. It's for options trading. So maybe let's go, check it out. Maybe though. go 100x long. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna need some ETH before I can go long. Okay. Uh, but I'm not opposed to going long. <laughs> this could be a fun way to uh, spend this airdrop. Uh, one inch. We could use one inch. I could use one. Get inch. you the best price because they aggregate all the other AMMs to give you the best price and reduce slippage. Pretty cool application. If you have not used one inch, check it out. All right. Um, you could get an OptiPunk. Oh, you know what I did? You know what I did on Optimism the other day, which was kind of cool? I got a noun. What? Yeah, I got a noun. What it's do you on mean? OpenSea. A real noun. What do you mean? It's not, it's not that good of a noun, but it's a real noun. It's called nouns.space. It's a little bit fake, but it's also a little bit real. So for those of you who don't know what nouns are, they're these really cool NFTs on Ethereum. They're How'd about you a, get it, bro? 100 Ethereum. I'll tell you. I'll get there. But nouns are about 100 Ethereum, so we're talking $200,000 here. Not not for mine. I'll get to it. Uh, but you, you get one of these nouns. Once released every day, there's an auction. They auction it off on their website. Pretty interesting dynamic. And when you buy it, the funds don't go to the people who created the NFT. This is not a cash grab. It goes into a DAO, and then your NFT represents voting rights within the DAO. So you get to decide what to do with all this Ethereum that's getting sent to the DAO every day with each auction of these nouns. Uh, but I found this cool thing called nouns.space. And apparently I didn't read the code, but I believe them because 100,000 have been minted already out of a million. Every block on Ethereum, so about every 15 seconds, a noun is created. But only one of these nouns is picked out every day to auction out. The rest of them get tossed in the trash and these nouns should not be in the trash they are nice art you know they're cool they're meaningful to the network they do something cool when they're legit mine you know is questionable but i got one uh and i thought it was a cool idea because it was made by the nouns protocol they're not official nouns it's kind of like the v1 punks right not supported by the company that made it but nonetheless still part of the company so that's what makes me think they're pretty historical and it only cost me one Matic. And I, I have no idea how I got there from Optimism. I was exploring Optimism apps and they asked me to change to the Matic network. So I, I, I used Polygon for it. All right, Ryan. I hope you can find it in your heart to forgive me one day because I just pulled an ETH out of this airdrop and I'm sick of not getting anything from airdrops. So I had to do it this time. This, this means that this will be the one that goes to a million dollars. But, you. you know, that's out of my control now. So did you sell your entire airdrop or did you sell one ETH worth? Or was I sold one ETH worth, 1,400. So okay. I got about 58 OP tokens left. Uh, but ETH at 1,700 bucks right now might be able to go long. Did you not read Kobe's proposal to OP governance? No. Tell me. Well, he said... And he, he made this proposal, apparently, allegedly. I didn't read the proposal. I read his tweet proposing the proposal to do the second airdrop. So Optimism's going to have another airdrop down the line. And his proposal was to airdrop these tokens only to the people who have held their OP token, not to the people who sold it off. Because why give them more tokens if they're just selling them off anyways? They're not going to participate in the governance. They're not really contributing to the network. All around, pretty terrible people. That was, that was a joke at you, Logan. Did he find it funny? Um, uh, I kind of lost track, but okay. uh, you called you called me a terrible person for selling your. Oh, you had to be there. <laughs> That's funny. That's a good one. <laughs> so how can I get one of these nouns, Ryan? Uh, uh, go to nouns.space. You'll see what I'm talking about. Nouns.space. 
Looks like Matt is not going to be joining us today, but we have about 10 minutes left. Uh, and we'll keep going. Keep it going for you guys. So uh, drop some comments down below. Did Mob hit a milestone episode? Did that gift exchange happen? Um, we, I think we're on, this is like episode 99 or 100. Hopefully it's not 100 because we want to do like a highlight recap. Uh, that gift exchange did happen. It was uh, on last Mon last Friday's episode. Uh, so go check that one out. Yeah, it, Logan, it was a Logan funny gave me an Audemars Piguet mm -hmm. watch. If you're not sure what that is, look it up. It's pretty cool. One million nouns. I want to mint one. That's exactly what I said when I saw the website. <laughs> <laughs> what network is it on? It's on Polygon. Oh, yeah, I knew that. All right, one Matic. That's all it costs? Yeah, you might as well mint like five because I got a really lame one if you have a Matic. Well, I minted one. Let's see how much okay. more Matic I have. 34 more Matic. All right, I'm probably going to get a couple more. Nouns from this collection are not a part of the Nouns DAO. Nouns released under CCO. Nouns DAO. The new block and new noun. Nouns DAO. However, only one of them is actually created daily. The rest are discarded. We rescued one million of them from the trash bin to give them a new chance. Interesting. Seems pretty cool. And also, these will be more rare than nouns one day. You have to you have to keep that in mind. After a million days of nouns being in operation, these one million nouns will be more rare than the actual nouns. You make a very good point, sir. You make a very, very good point. How many years is a million days? Twelve. That's a lie. I'm I'm doing the division right now. Uh in two thousand seven hundred thirty-nine years. My noun will be more rare than the real nouns. Congratulations. Thank you. Congratulations, sir. Um, generational wealth. <laughs> Multi-generational wealth. Uh, and not wealth for multiple generations. <laughs> you make a solid point. Okay, so I think I minted it. Check your open seal. Let's see what you got. Let's open see what I got. Um... Well, this is not it. This can heck off. Smart diving game. Not buying it. Get out of here. Uh, okay, not seeing anything yet. Maybe it will take a little bit for my noun to uh, come through. But let's just mint a few more because I can. All right, I'm going to get nine more. And then I'll have a total of ten. Transaction failed. Great. Thanks. Thanks for nothing, Polygon. Um, okay, okay. Unknown processing time. Let me just put a little custom gas fee. Network is busy. Edit suggested gas fee. Okay, I want a max fee of, let's do 80. 80 guay, that should work. That raised my fee by a whole point zero 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 one cents. Thank you, Polygon. Logan, have you seen that new OpenSea scam going around? I saw it on Twitter last week where someone will airdrop you an NFT. You'll see it on OpenSea and it'll have an offer on it in Wrapped ETH. Have you seen that one? I have not seen that one. Tell so me about it. beware. I might be saving your ass here. Hopefully I'm saving <laughs> someone's ass in the crowd because this is a really good scam. People will airdrop NFTs to you. You'll see it pop up on your OpenSea profile and it'll have an offer for Wrapped ETH on the nft uh, but when don't accept that offer because if you do they will drain your wallet you're not signing to sell that nft for that offer you're actually signing to give access to that person uh for all the nfts and crypto in your wallet guys so how, did, get, how does that work i, I don't know i don't know what? i'm not a CSI. so it's an, it's an offer that gives the buyer yeah. access to your wallet that seems like it could be a bug in in OpenSea. But yeah, I'd say so. But I don't know. Uh, I'm not a CS guy. I I didn't I didn't dig into it. But I saw this scam floating around. And I said, "Damn, I would fall for that scam." And I, I don't usually fall for scams. I've had a pretty good track record with keeping my crypto safe. Uh, but I mean, that scam, pretty scary, man. If I saw an NFT get airdropped to me and someone offered me an ETH for it, I would say, "Hey, I got lucky. I'm gonna sell it." So be wary out there, guys. It's the wild west. You know what I'm thinking is that it's part of this NFT. It has to be built into the NFT that when you sell it, 
it also authorizes some right uh, that's crazy that we're gonna have to look there's no into way it's that one bug. it sounds uh, like it would be but i don't think it actually is yeah i don't think it could be that would be awful but let's take a look at that more in depth next week because i'm really interested on that one um dennis says that matt is coming in a second so let's prepare that i'm going to pull up the questions again uh and matt from origin will be joining us for just a few short minutes uh, and we will hear about this new governance token, OGN. So uh, I'm going to pull this off the screen, and we will give it a few seconds for Matt. Um, that being said, let me see if those NFTs pull up. This is up mine now. Oh, I like it. Thanks. I don't. I'll trade you if you want. <laughs> well, let me see which ones I got. I hopefully got like 10 of them, uh, but I don't really see them. E transactions. Okay. I'm going to speed up my first transaction. And that sounds like we have Matt backstage. Uh, so without further ado, Matt, long time no see. How are you? Hey, hey, really good to talk with you guys. Yeah, we're happy to have you back on. Uh, apologies for whatever communication mishap uh went on we have about five minutes left in our show so we won't take too much of your time today but i do want everybody out there to know about you origin and the new token you guys are releasing so um you know kind of since we're on a tight schedule i'll just turn it over to you um whatever is most important top of mind let us know yeah so um at origin we've been uh building for the last uh five years or so and um, we have the OGN token, which I think a lot of Origin community members as well as broader crypto folks uh, have known about. Um, it's listed on Binance, Coinbase, et cetera. Um, and it's been our platform for token for everything that we've been doing at Origin um, up until now. But um, what has happened over the course of the last five years is we've built um, multiple products and now have two distinct um, protocols. Um, one is for um, OUSD, which is our DeFi uh, stablecoin that automatically earns yield for users. You just buy OUSD, it sits in your wallet and it accrues. It's a rebasing token. And then separately, we have the NFT business origin story, which I talked about with um, um, your audience last time around. And what we realized is that a lot of our token holders, as well as the broader community, our partners, um, they all are, were super confused about like, okay, what does OGN do and how's it tied to these two products? And so we brought this to the decentralized governance uh, about a month and a half ago, and um, the community overwhelmingly decided, hey, we should actually split this out. And so now we're going to have uh, OGV, which is a new token that is launching um, for OUSD. It's going to be the governance token and the value accrual token for uh, OUSD. And then OGN is going to stick with our NFT platform origin story. Um, the most important detail for the audience here is that uh, we are offering a OGV claim uh, on a one-to-one -one basis if you're a current OGN holder. Um, and so what this means is if you're holding OGN, um, you'll be able to claim OGV automatically. Um, there are other ways to get OGV as well. Um, we're trying to incentivize the community. And one of the biggest things we're doing is we're offering up 5% uh, of the initial supply, 50 million tokens of OGV um, to liquidity um, providers. So people that are providing liquidity for OUSD uh, on Curve uh, or uh, uh, to Curve via Convex um, are the tool pools that we're um, really focusing on. Um, but yeah, we just wanted to get the community excited. Um, we're doing this uh, new token launch. Um, basically, the pre-launch liquidity mining campaign has just begun. Um, we're going to be publishing a list of all the centralized exchanges that are supporting OGV um, at the end of June. Um, June 28th is that date, and we're talking to all the major um, centralized exchanges that have already worked with us on uh, OGN. Um, and then we're going to do a snapshot um, uh, from between July 5th and 12th, we're making it a, a kind of a random snapshot to make sure that people, um, you know, are not doing a, you know, a pump and dump or doing anything that might be looked at um, as like insider trading. Um, and then the actual claim date is... At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward with each new idea innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply scheduled for July 12th. Um, and so for people that are interested in the future um, performance of the OUSD protocol uh, or have been longtime supporters of OGN, this is a great opportunity um, to collect your uh, OGV um, by either holding OGN or supplying liquidity um, to the OUSD pools. Um, we're super, super pumped. This has been kind of like a thing that we've been thinking about um, for you know multiple months now. Um, we're ready to invest very heavily into both of these business units, um, both as the core team and providing the right incentives um, for our community. Um, you know, everyone knows that the bear market has hit. Um, fortunately, like we're in a very strong uh, financial position with their treasury, and we are also very well positioned uh, with OUSD to take it to the next level. Um, and similarly on the origin story side. And so we're going to be investing heavily, right? We're going to be hiring um, additional people, looking to double our team size, um, really figure out how to market and evangelize um, to the community. And um, um, ideally what happens is we do a really, really great job with this OGV launch and build an even uh, stronger community of people to um, support uh, what we're doing. Um, so that's kind of the summary, but I can go into some more details if you have some follow-up questions. Um, no, we're a little bit short on time, but I'm happy to st stick around uh, for as long as you guys uh, um, want. Thank you so Thank much, Matt. I'm sure Ryan has a follow-up. Yeah, I got one real quick. Is the airdrop going to incentivize Origin users at all, kind of like how we see the two houses on Optimism? We talked about that earlier on the show, or is this just for token holders? Um, so the idea is that OGV... Um, will be used to incentivize liquidity providers, right? Liquidity is king in DeFi, right? We want to make sure that um, we're always trading pairs for OUSD and um, uh, the various curve pools, right? So um, OUSD should be swapped easily with USDC and USDT and DAI. Um, and so that is uh, uh, one area that we're really going to focus on. So liquidity providers, um, they're going to be able to earn OGV um, for the next uh, four years, right? We have liquidity mining um, allocation for all those people. Um, but of course, like when you get these tokens, you're also going to be very uh, involved in decentralized governance. And so OUSD is becoming more and more decentralized, um, I would say, on a monthly basis. Um, it's a pro progressive decentralization, but we're getting to the point where a lot of stuff is getting uh, on chain. And the goal is, you know, by the end of next quarter or two that we're you know, fully decentralized, everything's on chain, everything's given to the community. Um, and so OGV has those governance um, properties as well. Um, OGV is uh, modeled after, you know, some of the DeFi stalwarts, these, you know, blue chips, um, uh, DeFi companies like Curve, right, that um, first um, promoted the uh, vote escrow model. And so if you're a Curve um, token holder, CRV token holder, um, you can vote escrow to VCRV um, between a period of, uh, you know, one week to four years. And we're doing something similar. Um, and that gives you more voting power. Uh, in governing the protocol, as well as more trading fees uh, on Curve. And so in our case, it's similar. Um, so OGV um, token holders can uh, vote lock to the OGV. Um, and based on the duration of your lockup, the stronger your voting power is, but also the more um, um, uh, fees that you'll earn. Um, because right now, OUSD yields, um, 10% of that is being allocated back to the protocol. And so it'll be redistributed to um, people that are holding OGV and have uh, uh, converted to VOGV. Um, so it's, you know, modeled off of, you know, these DeFi protocols that are, you know, 10 times to 20 times um, bigger than us and kind of pioneered this uh, token model. Um, but, you know, we're ready to take that next step. And we believe that having this new token, OGV, is going to create much clearer utility for what we're doing, have a, a much stronger um, uh, narrative and token utility. Um, it means that the community will grow. It means that OUSD liquidity um, should hopefully go up by, you know, an order of 
magnitude uh, or more in the short term and hopefully you know much much more in the long term um and that all creates right um i would say like kindling right we have this fire uh, around uh, OUSD right now, and people are using it, and it's a great product. And we're getting like rave reviews from stablecoin farmers, and you know, um, even some TradFi funds. But it's time to put a little bit of that extra kindling, put a little bit of gasoline on there with OGV, um, and take this you know multiple multiple levels up. Um, so yeah, we're we're super pumped. Um, the token has you know very clear purpose and utility around governance and value accrual, um, and there's also a way for um, the most active community members to be able to participate. Um, and earn that OGV uh, over time. Matt, that's great. So for you know people out there who aren't too familiar with stablecoins, there's been a lot of uh, crazy news going on. So how do you explain OUSD to a you know beginner in stablecoins? Where does it fit into you know the variety of flavors of stablecoins we have out there today? And also, yeah. how is it different from UST? If you could delineate the differences <laughs> yeah, there, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll feel a lot better buying some OUSD <laughs> once I know it's different than UST. Yeah, uh, we actually put out a blog post. I'm not sure if I can link here. Um, directly in the chat to how if you put it in the private chat, I can drop it for everyone. Okay. Um, so while I do that, I will um, also give you kind of like the verbal overview. Um, so UST, um, you know, had, you know, what I call a very high reflexivity, but it was based on um, a bit of Ponzinomics, right? So UST uh, basically was backed by Luna, a highly volatile asset that didn't really have much um, additional use case besides you know, as a backing collateral for UST. And so it was very easy once, um, um, you know, Luna started losing value and UST started depegging for uh, reflexivity to go in the opposite direction and that created the death spiral, right? Or UST is completely different. Um, there are different types of stable coins that exist in the market. And I would say the safest ones um, are the ones that we're working with with the OUC protocol. So there's USDC, which I think will soon be the largest stable coin and overtake Tether, which is also backing collateral uh, for OUSD. And then there's also DAI, which is backed by ETH and an over collateralized way. So more than once upon a um, and so OUSD itself is backed by these two cities, USDC, USDC, um, all that have shown much, much more resiliency um, than other stable coins. There's extremely high liquidity, right? Tens of billions of dollars in USDC and USDT and um, several billion dollars in Y. Um, they, um, you know, very, very, very rarely depeg. Um, Tether had a bit of an issue with the USD crash, but for the most part, right, a um, couple basis points to dollar. Right. And USDC um, is backed um, mostly by actual U.S. dollars um, and a small percentage of um, banknotes. USDT is similar, though the percentages are a little bit um, um, more aggressive. Um, and then again, dies back by ETH. So these are all very like um, stable stable coins, <laughs> uh, pun intended, um, that have high liquidity that are used all over the crypto ecosystem, whether indexes or centralized exchanges. They're used as a medium of exchange for payment. Um, these are like the real stable coins, right? UST, which failed, was a isolated um, experiment that was only in the Luna e ecosystem. Um, there wasn't any other use case for Luna as a backing asset. So there's no demand for Luna um, inherently. Um, it wasn't as ubiquitous across DEXs and centralized exchanges and in you know, consumer wallets and institutional funds. Um, and so it was just like a house of cards, right? OUST is not like that. It's built on strong foundations. Um, and we're very, very confident there. It's been audited um, multiple, multiple times. Um, and it's also just like a safer, more secure bet, right? It's not about like earning the craziest yields. It's about earning real yields through DeFi protocols that are battle tested. Um, and so you're not going to see the guaranteed 20% that Anchor was giving for UST, but that's okay, right? We're not trying to do that. We're trying mm -hmm. to create a scalable um, stablecoin that has high longevity. And it's dead simple for people to um, get into DeFi. Um, and so um, that link I shared um, kind of explains some of the technical differences, um, but also just from you know, qualitatively talking to stablecoin farmers and LPs um, and other folks like, uh, you know, sophisticated people know that there is a very big difference here, right? This is not, um, you know, a high reflexivity thing. Um, it's mm -hmm. going to be like yield, uh, you know, dependable, but it's going to be based on real um, capital 
um, from uh, borrowing and lending on, let's say, like Ave or Compound or uh, uh, servings in LP uh, on Curve. And so um, there's actual demand for this stuff. Um, so hopefully that answers your question. But I think the takeaways are um, it's a lot more stable. It's a lot more secure. Um, it's backed by, you know, um, itself, three stable coins that have shown resiliency, that maintain peg, that have huge market caps um, that are pillars of um, all of DeFi and crypto. Um, and so I think it's just like a much safer, um, much um, better option, right? Um, especially in this bear market, right? When people are rotating money into stable coins and want to be a little bit more risk off, um, OUSD is the perfect place to park your capital um, while you're monitoring the market and deciding when to go back in. Um, and the yields are still up. Right. They're um, low double digit yields. Um, sometimes they go up a little bit, sometimes they go down a little bit, but it's, it's very, very competitive when you think about what else is out there at the same uh, level of safety. Matt, thank you so much for breaking that down for us. Uh, I have the blog post in the chat. If anybody wants to follow up on that discussion, please, please, please go check that out. I'm sure it will, uh, you know, have a, a much uh, you know, much more in-depth breakdown. Um, but Matt, that was really great. And, and I appreciate you taking the time going over with us today. Uh, but I think that is going to be it for today's show. So uh, shout out to you, Matt. Shout out to Origin. Very excited to see what's going on in the future. And shout out to Zinger Nation, everybody in the chat. Hope you enjoyed the interview, enjoyed today's show. Make sure to hit that like button if you haven't yet. This has been Moon or Bust. Thank you for tuning in and we'll see you next week. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.